Welcome to the journey with Mpo Podcast, a sacred space for healing, love, and rediscovering your life purpose. Introducing your host, Mpo. I feel <laughs> um, one of the reasons is because it is 4 a.m. Sunday, January 9th. This is when the episode is going to come out. This is the day that the episode is going to come out. Um, in about three hours, I will publish this episode and then you guys will get to hear it. It's been an interesting week. There's a specific reason why I'm recording kind of in the middle of the night. Um, I will share that reason later on in the episode. But for now, we're just doing a sound check. I see the sound waves look good. I don't think my voice sounds great. It's like a morning voice. I'm sleeping on the carpet. <sighs> Not sleeping on the carpet, just kind of laying on the carpet with my blanket and trying to get into the mood. Maybe I'll bring a crystal nearby just to help the throat chakra and to help me share this content from my heart center. But let's get started. Hello, Journey with Mpo friends and family. Welcome to yet another exciting episode 20 of season 2. I actually cannot believe that we are actually into episode 20 of season 2. I know that season 1 had about 50 episodes, but this season feels like 20 episodes has been a milestone for me. Because of how um, challenging it has been to commit to the mic. It has still been fun, but definitely a little bit more challenging creating the time. Motherhood has been lit. (laughs) Um, I think that's the best way my millennial self can describe it. I'm enjoying it, but I'm definitely more strapped for time. I find myself in situations like this recording while baby is asleep, which 
kind of lets me do everything all at once instead of recording and pausing a little bit and recording and pausing a little bit. But enough of that. In today's episode, we are going to talk about self-care as an act of recommitting to oneself. This is something that was on my mind at the beginning of the year. By the way, Happy New Year. It's never too late to say Happy New Year. I feel like we can say Happy New Year all the way till January 31st. Maybe till like January 20th, keep the Christmas lights and the Christmas tree up. The holiday season is still upon us. (laughs) But I was thinking to myself, I tend to shy away from New Year's resolutions. However, there are some habits that I would like to cultivate in the new year. So how about I create a list of these habits? And I started a folder on my phone called reflections and in the folder the first note was a list of these habits that I would like to cultivate for the year and I thought that I would share this you know if you are like me and you kind of have stigmatized new year's resolutions you don't make them you don't think they work and you want something new I think that this might be easy when I started this list I started with seven things that I wanted to do and I said hey I could spend each day of the week like this seven days in a week focusing on a specific area from this list and when I was done with the list I remembered that I forgot to add one important thing that will help me commit to this list in a a truly intentional way and so now there's eight things on my list instead of seven but it's okay because this eighth thing ties it all in and gives you the power to kind of propel yourself into doing this list um so i'm not gonna spend a lot of time babbling about the background story i don't have notes in front of me the only notes i have is this list of mine and will expand on some of the things that I'm thinking about. So what are some of the habits that I would like to cultivate in the new year? And in the new year, I'm talking all 12 months, okay? So number one is start the day with water. Start the day with water. And this is a big one because... I realize that I don't drink enough water and that I tend to wake up early in the morning and be on my phone or call my mom or start to do something else either than, hey, it's a new day. I'm awake. So as I drink this water and start the day with water, right, I want to intentionalize my waking up and my existence in my body to recognize that I just went through the night. Here's a fresh new page. What do I want to put on this fresh new page? And just slowly, not just like drinking water, right? That's the sound of, in my head, that's the sound of drinking water. But just like slowly 
thinking about. Thank you for this new day. This is how I'm going to step forth into this new day. These are the things that I would like to be involved in. These are the things that I think will give me pleasure. These are the things that I think will help me improve and recommit to myself. And as I go throughout the day drinking water, there's another component. I I recognize how my body alerts me of dehydration the same way it alerts me of hunger. So before I head for a snack or a meal, I want to start drinking water first to see, is this indeed hunger or is it dehydration? Do I need to check in again and say, how am I taking care of my body? How am I feeding my body? Are we just mindlessly going to go towards a snack because we feel like that's what the body is calling for instead of truly, truly trying to tune in and say, this is definitely what the body needs. And every time I drink water in this way, I feel like I could reach the amount of water my body needs, right? The recommended number usually is like eight glasses of water a day. It seems intimidating at the beginning of the day to be like, whoa, I've got to do this eight times a day, especially if you're someone like me who doesn't drink as much water. And so really just slowing it down and not thinking about the future of eight glasses, but going for a glass in the present moment and using that water ritual let's call it a water ritual as a way to recommit to your desires of the day your pleasures of the day your gratitude it could be a pause for gratitude thank you so much that I'm able to have this little moment of quiet here where I listen into my body and say what do we need how can I be here to support you for the energy that we need for the day and that's something that I really want to do. And then moving on to number two, this is kind of a big one. I would like to reduce screen time and screen time has a double play for me. It's in terms of TV screen time as well as being on my phone. I had developed, especially during my pregnancy, this habit of when I go to the restroom in the middle of the night, I take my phone with me and I'm quickly checking social media to see what people have posted. And, you know, um, I spent a lot of time in the restroom during my pregnancy. One is required to drink a lot of water. And so I was in the restroom constantly. (laughs) I need to be, I need to be. And so I used my phone as like a entertainment tool, perhaps. I'd watch a little bit of like maybe six, seven TikTok videos. And so unlearning that habit because I recognize how much it disrupts my sleep. First thing in the morning also, I'm on my phone again, checking social media. When you're standing in line, maybe at a grocery store or at a bank and things seem to be taking longer, reducing screen time. And if I am going to use 
my phone as entertainment for the downtimes, like when I'm standing in line or checking out at a grocery store. I do want to intentionalize that time as well. I want to perhaps listen to a podcast episode because I love podcasts outside of me podcasting. I love listening to podcasts. Um, there's a couple of good podcast shows, but um, we're not in partnership, so I'm not going to mention them. <laughs> um, definitely love listening to podcasts. So using that time to maybe read a book, I set up on my book um, app a goal of how many minutes a day I want to spend reading, and that's about 60 minutes a day. So intentionalizing my screen time. And if I am on there, there should be a purpose. Like, are we calling someone? Are we texting someone? Not just mindlessly self-soothing using my phone. So under this note, I said, especially before bedtime, during nighttime bathroom runs and first thing in the morning. So that's the times that I really want to intentionalize reducing screen time. Um, I also went on to say that social media and general notifications can disrupt sleep and cause anxiety. There is that component, right? It's kind of a mixture of FOMO and anxiety. What am I looking for? What am I missing on my phone? What's going on? What do I need to be aware of? And so I've gone in and turned off all but incredibly important notifications like my banking app notifications yeah sure I want to know what's going on with my money you know because I work for it but um, anything else doesn't need to pop up on my notifications I don't need to know about it unless I go in and so Instagram notifications turned off um, Facebook notifications turned off email notifications turned off I choose when I go in there and when I view those things, therefore decreasing my anxiety, decreasing my screen time, allowing me to truly focus on whatever it is that I'm working on at that point in time. It's harder because I also use an Apple watch. And so whenever my phone would bing, my watch would ping too. Bing and ping. <laughs> so just trying to bring in that present mind that focus within my life the third thing you've heard me say in the first one intention second one intention you know what are the intentions self-care right self-care doesn't look like going to get a massage or treating yourself to retail therapy or whatever sometimes it can just look as simple as this where we say how do I get back to me and loving me in a way that truly helps me stay healthy, have the mental capacity and bandwidth to pursue my goals, right? And so number three is to continue focusing on intentional living. And there's a couple of focus areas within this point, some of them being meditate, set boundaries, learn new skills, and pursue my desires. Definitely meditation. Again, that breath work there, the, the tuning in. Where is my body? Where do I want to be? What am I doing? What are my desires? What will bring me pleasure? And I recognize how much fun I have when I'm learning a new skill. So I definitely want to 
continue in this new year to learn new skills, to explore. I'm excited in potentially getting sound healing certification, doing an apprenticeship with someone who is already in the industry for sound healing. It's funny calling sound healing industry, but someone who's already in the field. I want to set boundaries because that's going to balance my intentional living. I don't want to be a people's pleaser. I want to check in with myself to see where I am at before I jump in to be involved in people's activities and assisting and saving. I definitely think that that component, that that part of me that loves to mother, <laughs> uh-oh, therapy, that part of me that loves to mother people can definitely tone it down a little bit. I don't always have to offer advice or have an opinion about something. I can just listen and recognize that sometimes all a person needs is to be heard instead of advised. And so we're setting boundaries, saying no when we actually want to say no, saying yes to the things that we actually want to say, speaking up when our boundaries have been violated, not being fearful that relationships will end or people will respond negatively, just giving that information out like, hey, this is a boundary that I have and I feel like I've set expectations on how I want this boundary to be approached and I feel that that those expectations and the specific boundary has been violated and I'd like for us to work out a way on how to overcome this and to prevent it from happening in the future. And if the relationship ends, the relationship ends. But most of the time, people have responded very positively to this new me setting boundaries. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Take care of you. Okay, sure. I can find someone else to help me. And it's been surprising because my fear was people would never understand. I mean, they've come to me for help. And so who else is going to help them if not me? So set those boundaries continue to learn how to set those boundaries, meditate, learn new skills, and pursue my desires. I just want to, in my days, incorporate things that make me happy. Like, even if it's one or two things, how do I, outside of motherhood, outside of marriage, be just me who does things for me to to fill up my cup so that I can show up in those spaces in my career as well? full you know revived and rejuvenated and my desire reignited to be as motivated and as um intentional in those in those focus areas too okay so number four is heal there's a lot coming up for the conscious collective at the moment on my social media, I've been seeing people feel anxious. And part of it is due to the stressors of the pandemic. But part of it is also this continuous awakening journey that we've all been on for a couple of years now. Um, this heal step four 
is about taking small and intentional steps towards confronting my fears and shifting out of survival mode. And so whenever something comes up for me, the, the, the specific thing that I'm thinking about now with fear is like claustrophobia and the fear of drowning. And so this year I want to like, I sort of imagine myself jumping into a swimming pool and seeing what happens and not sitting on the side and being like, oh my goodness, I don't know how to swim and I'm so scared. I no longer want to live in, in that little box of fear. I no longer want to live in that little box of survival mode. I want to shift out of that. So whatever comes up and makes my hands shake and makes my knees shake, you know, a friend of mine invited me skydiving and I was like, no way, Jose. <laughs> if I'm going to go out, that's not how I want to go out. <laughs> and so looking at those things and saying, is that, is that only fear? Like, is your reason for not doing it fear? Because if it is the only reason, then challenge that reason and don't let it be a good enough reason for why you don't go exploring. Um, within, you know, within a reasonable amount of risk, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still skeptical about jumping out of a plane, but maybe, you know, I could do a helicopter ride and I could bungee jump, just challenging this like combined fear of heights, combined fear of claustrophobia and moving out of those survival fear, survival and fear boxes into the other side of that. You know, someone once said the things that you want are on the other side of your fear and so really taking small intentional steps to confronting these fears and moving out of survival mode. Number five, spend majority of your day doing the things that you love. This involves looking at how I spend my time and intentionalizing what I'm doing with that time. It involves looking at my career and seeing what are the pleasure points for my career and what are the stress points and how do I navigate between those two points to truly find myself in a place where I'm enjoying the things that I'm spending my 24 hours doing. It involves showing gratitude as a measure of increasing pleasure. And so as I'm doing these things that I enjoy doing, obviously I'll be like, I'm so excited to do this. And being that excited to do something will definitely increase my pleasure. I still am working out career-wise as well as personal life-wise. How, how am I going to incorporate these things? And as we think about this point, I think it will come up for me like, oh, this is what you love doing. You should do more of this every single day. Oh, that really felt good. should do that. Number six is read a book. <laughs> I love reading. And I think when I initially wrote number six, it was read a book and or journal because those are the, the two activities that I feel help me feel grounded. I 
love reading books. But ever since my the confrontation with anxiety and depression, sitting down to read a book kind of increased the anxiety. I don't know why. It's like this quiet time, perhaps, where you are turning the pages and having to really focus on not only the words that you're reading, but on understanding the content that you're reading. And for some reason, in the past two years, I've started a book or two and not finished it. The only book during this time period that I can remember reading from start to finish and being engaged with was 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. Absolutely love the book. Recommend it to everyone. Um, I don't know what it was about that book, and maybe that's the first book I should read. I should pull it out and read it and see what that brings out for me. Um, these activities definitely make me happy, reading a book and journaling. Journaling again, is a time factor, right? It's about managing my day and truly setting aside time to write, you know, pen to paper, just exploring what's in my head, even if it's nothing, like just babbling, like, oh, you should get this for baby, you should get this, you should do this, even if it ends up being a to-do list, but just getting it out and writing I have not written a poem in a long time. So maybe a poem might fall out of me on the days where there is not much. I would probably inspire the creativity to start writing a poem. So read a book, journal, read a book maybe once a month. That would be 12 books in the year. I have a few books that I'm definitely interested in reading as I move toward leveling up on Reiki. I do want to learn more about Reiki and explore that field. And so there's so many books just within that that I could read. People have said audiobooks. Uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> again, right? It's reducing the screen time. That's one. And the other part of it is sometimes I don't like the narrator's voice. It can be kind of annoying. <laughs> and so... Maybe not audiobooks yet. Number seven, look at us, we're getting through this list, <laughs> is eat consciously. Um, I say in, under this note, try to be present throughout every bite of whatever you choose to eat. And the reason this is on here is because sometimes I eat a meal or a snack and I just don't remember, like, did I eat that? What did it taste like? And... It's because at the time that I'm eating, I'm really rushing and not spending the time to taste my food. And I think when you do that, when you pause, eat consciously, you start this relationship with your body where you say, this is sacred ritual. This is how I give you the nutrients to do all of the things that you need to do to keep me functioning. And... I imagine that when I do that, I will be less hungry because I'm really present and mindful for my meals. Like it, it will play this trick on my mind where 
I don't every five to 20 minutes feel hungry. Granted, I'm breastfeeding. So that's probably what's making me even more hungry. But I feel like I'll be able to reduce the, I'm just going to eat because I want to eat something. I want to have something in my mouth. And hopefully with this conscious eating, this chewing, tasting of the food, there'll be less digestive issues, you know, gas, um, upset stomach, making my stomach work harder to break down the food that I didn't chew properly. So I just really want to be present for my meals, know what I'm eating. I want to be in the kitchen more making those meals because I feel, again, strapped for time, exhausted with work, new mother, ordering takeout. And takeout is good, but I, as a sacred ritual to myself and as a way of honoring what my body does for me in recovering from virus, keeping me safe, keeping me healthy. I really want to dig into my food this year. Perhaps go back to being vegan or at least intentionally putting things into my mouth. Oh, it sounds dirty. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um Let's move on to the last one. So the last one is rest. Rest, rest, rest. It ties it all in. In my priority list with my therapist, what matters most to me? One of the first things at the top is rest. If I am well rested, I have the energy, the mental capacity to set boundaries, to consciously prepare my meals, to recognize that I do love journaling and reading a book, to recognize when my body is signaling for water and when it's signaling hunger, rest. And that looks different for everyone. I think for me, a COVID diagnosis was harder because physically I'm someone who loves to tidy up around the house. Maybe I, I don't know if I love tidying up around the house, but I'm someone who's always on the go. Let's wash the dishes. Let's do this or that. Let's go out for a play date or let's do a double date with someone. And so rest, what does rest look like? Does it look like on the days where I'm not working, not having an alarm and waking up when my body chooses to wake up? Does it mean when baby goes down for a nap, I go down with her too? Does it mean sometimes the time that I will have the energy and feel rested enough to record an episode is at 4 a.m. in the morning? Does it mean when I have done that, Will I take a nap, go back to bed and recognize that I've now pushed my body into this new field and it may require just a little bit more rest? The biggest thing about this rest component was 
the voices of the people who have raised me. There's a lot of negative self-talk, a lot of shame with the act of resting. Like how can a woman just sit and do nothing? How can, there's, there's a saying, you know, how about like basically you don't want to be laying in bed when the sun comes up. <laughs> and so when I said to my therapist, do resting looks like doing nothing and I'm not someone who does nothing. She said, no, you're doing something. Resting is something, you know, and sometimes it means you go to bed and there's dishes in the sink. You pick out your laundry from the bags that you use to go wash it and it's done, but you haven't folded it, you know, but rest, rest, just just be with your body, be with your mind, be with your soul, check in, check in, check in, check in. It's, it's going to be harder to do any New Year's resolutions, to cultivate any new habits, to kill off old patterns and behaviors that are keeping us in the same cycles if you're not rested. And rest looks different for everyone. You know, people can go to the beach and feel rested People can have a party and feel rested. So check in with yourself to see what rest looks and feels like. And then challenge yourself to truly go in and rest. But that is my list of eight things that I would like to do this year. I hope that it inspires you. I hope that you can pick off some things from my list or that this conversation triggers some things that you would like to focus on and that you would like to work on. Or that if you did do a New Year's resolution list or whatever, you go back to it and you're like, okay, now it's time because now all of a sudden it looks less like a New Year's resolution list and more like acts of self-care and ways for you to recommit to yourself and how you love yourself. And when you do that, when you can take care of you, then you can take care of your immediate circle. And once that's been done and you still have the energy, you can take care of outside circles. You can get more into volunteering and more into random acts of kindness and community spaces. So let's, let's try Let's try. And one step at a time, one day at a time, not every day is, is the same. And not every time will you have the same energy or the mental bandwidth. And that's okay. Give yourself compassion. Give yourself grace. Give yourself mercy. And try again tomorrow. Start with a glass of water and say, this is what we're working on today. And this is what we are wanting to I wanted to say achieve, but I'm not liking the word achieve because it it feels finicky. This is what we're wanting to action out today. This is where our intentions are. This is where our mind is at. And this is how we are living, trying to move out of that survival mode and into a more freer space. I am 
looking forward to scheduling conversations with some interesting people in the coming weeks. So be on the lookout for that. I cannot guarantee that baby will be asleep (laughs) during those conversations, but it's okay. We move. We keep doing what we're doing and eventually she'll be older and she'll have words to share. (laughs) Um, But once again, Happy New Year. May you recommit to the things that you truly care about. May you have the energy to do so. May love in its fullness show up for you. May prosperity show up for you. May this be one of the most abundantly blessed years of your life. May your truest, deepest heart's desires be fulfilled. And may you have the strength to truly focus on this calling, this awakening, this conscious journey. I love you guys. Thank you spending this beautiful almost 40 minutes with me i am looking forward to seeing you guys in the next episode which will be not next week sunday but every other sunday <laughs> until then aloha well before you go I wanted to thank you for taking the first step in supporting my journey by listening to this episode. The second big step would be exploring the various ways you can become an official supporter of my journey by signing up for our Patreon offerings. We offer some great benefits such as one-to-one phone calls and distance Reiki sessions with me. For more information, visit patreon.com forward slash journey with Mpo. The link is in the episode notes. If you loved what you heard, then subscribe to the show and continue to share episodes that resonate with friends and family. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please take a few minutes to rate and review us so we can continue to get our content to the people who need it the most. We are serious about getting your feedback, so if you'd like to take the rating and review a step further, check out our feedback survey link in the episode notes. Your feedback will help us to continue offering content that matters to you and is worth your time. Finally, in this day and age, it apparently matters how many followers you have on social media. So go ahead and find us on Instagram at Journey with Mpo and we promise to make it worth your while by sharing heart-centered, conscious content. Thank you for your continued support. I cannot wait to spend time with you again in the next episode.